Hey guys, welcome to the 5-1 Volleyball Podcast, the best place to keep up with the stats, storylines, tournaments, players, and everything else going on in the world of professional volleyball. On today's podcast, I'll be recapping the first weekend of action in the Italian Super League, which, for those of you who are new to the podcast, is the most competitive professional volleyball league on the men's side. And I'll also do a kind of preview for each team for the rest of the season. Hope you guys enjoy the podcast. So these recaps slash previews will be coming in kind of a random order, basically just on the first letter of the sponsor name for the team. That means the first team that I'll talk about is Alliance Milano. And they opened up their season quite nicely with a strong 3-0 win against the Bartosz Kurek-led Monza. Thanks to some great play from the superstar opposite hitter Namir Abdelaziz, who had a great summer playing for the Dutch national team, was definitely their star player, the center of all their marketing campaigns and such, and will continue to be the star for Milano. However, they also had another player break out over the summer. Jan Kozomernik, the Slovenian middle blocker, was instrumental in their second place finish in the Eurovolley 2019. The young middle blocker was a starter last year and has definitely shown flashes that he can be a great player, but I think this summer just catapults him into the next tier. He's probably one of the top 10 or so middles playing in the Super League of this season. And I think if he continues to play like this and if he continues to have the offensive role that he had in the first game where he scored the second most points on the team except for Namir Abdelaziz, I think that's going to be huge for Milano going forward. One thing that worried me about this team is that they lost their star outside hitter, Steven Marr, who was instrumental in kind of propelling them into a solid playoff team the last couple of years. He will be going to Dynamo Moscow. They did a pretty great job in replacing him with Nemanja Petric, the Serbian outside hitter, who hadn't been a starter on the Serbian national team for a couple years here because of Marko Ivovic and Eros Kovacevic, but he played a really strong role starting in the uh, most of the games to get Serbia their Eurovolley gold medal. So if he continues to play like that, uh, beside Trevor Kleveno, who will be the other starting outside hitter there, definitely a dangerous team. So the way I'm going to rank these teams as kind of like a preview of how I'm, I think they're going to play the rest of the season it's going to be tier one are the teams I think are going to be contenders. You guys can probably already guess which teams those are going to be. Then in tier two, I have the teams that I think are very likely to make the playoffs and, you know, may cause a team in the top group to have some trouble during a first round series. Tier three are the teams I think are kind of fringe playoff teams fighting for those last one or two playoff spots. And tier four are the teams that are just going to be fighting to avoid that painful relegation. For Milano, I think I'm going to have to put them in tier two. I think they have a pretty loaded roster at all the important positions. Nicola Pesaresi is a great libero. Matano Piano and Jan Kazimernik, great pairing in the middle. Namir Abdelaziz obviously is going to score a lot of points, especially if he stays healthy. And then Nemanja Petric and Trevor Cleveno on the outsides. Maybe not a lot of star players, but a lot of really solid above average starters for this league. So they're going to be a strong contender for fifth, maybe sixth place. The next team I'm going to go over is Verona, who, like Milano, started off their season with a pretty commanding 3-0 victory against Sora. 25-19, 25-20, 25-17. However, I don't think this is going to be the norm 
in Verona's season. They lost quite a few players uh, from their starting lineup from last year, including Iranian outside hitters Javad Manavi and Morteza Sharifi, as well as Mate Kaziski. However, in theory, they should have Thomas Jaschke back from injury sooner rather than later. However, with his recent additional injury during the World Cup, it's not currently known exactly when he's going to come back. Apparently, it wasn't a super serious injury, so hopefully we'll see him back before the new year. But unfortunately, with Thomas Jaschke, he's just had terrible injury luck recently. So in Verona's first game, they ran with the 19-year-old Bulgarian outside hitter, Asparu Asparov, who I was actually very interested in seeing, kind of part of this young Bulgarian core of players that could be Bulgaria's next golden generation. But actually, that may not be the case going forward because they made a signing today, October 21st, that Garrett Magatutia was signed to the team and will be playing for them in the near future. On the one hand, I do think he's better, definitely better than uh, Asparov, even though maybe Asparov will be a better eventually. I think Magadutia showed that he's a pretty competent player with Team USA right now. However, even after all the success that Magadutia has had this summer, I think a lot of it is due to how well he operates within the Team USA system, where passing is really important and being able to run that back row bick is super important. That's not going to be as much of a part of Verona's game plan. And I love Luca Spirito as a setter, but he's obviously no Micah Christensen, so don't be expecting Garrett Magatutia to play like he does on Team USA, but should be a decent holdover until Thomas Jaski comes back. And honestly, Magatutia is still probably a decent amount better than Federico Moretta, who is their other starting outside hitter, so not a bad signing at all. And good to see Garrett Magatutia is getting rewarded for his excellent play with Team USA this summer. So Verona has taken a couple hits, but theoretically they should still be pretty good. They still have Sebastian Soleil in the middle. Thomas Jaski might not miss a lot of time. Luca Spirito is still one of the best Italian setters. They still have Stefan Boyer, but I think I do see them taking a step back from where they were last season. Losing both their starting outside hitters is pretty huge, and we don't know exactly when Jaski will come back. I th I'm going to put them in Tier 3 for now as a fringe playoff team. If Jaschke comes back within the next few weeks, put them up to Tier 2, but for now, Verona is going to be a Tier 3 team. Next team up is Ravenna, who I was really excited to watch for the regular season because they have some very interesting players, including Shawan Vernon Evans making his first appearance in the Italian League. Wasn't the greatest start for them, losing 3-0 to Trentino, so nothing wrong with losing to Trentino. The real test will come later on in the season where they play teams outside of the Big Four. But like I mentioned earlier, big additions to this team include Shawan Vernon Evans, who is taking over opposite responsibilities from Camille Richlicki, who did an excellent job as kind of the breakout opposite player last year. I don't know if you could still call Shawan an unknown quantity, but if you didn't already know who he is before this, you should definitely know after the season with Ravenna. They have a good track record of signing kind of lesser-known opposites and revealing them to the world. They had Paul Buchager a couple years ago, and as I mentioned, Kamil Richlicki. They also have Slovenian libero Jani Kovacic, a really fun defensive libero to watch, and he doesn't give up too much in passing either. He was the libero of the tournament for Eurovolley 2019, so he's definitely getting some recognition and is on the up-and-up. Teister Horst is a big signing from the Dutch national team one of their star players. 
And they have some fun Italian prospects guys who are on the uh, U21 youth national team, including the undersized superstar Francesco Riccin, Oresto Covuto, and Daniel Lavia. And that's not even all their interesting players. They also have Alexa Patak, who is next in line to take over the responsibilities for setting in the Serbian national team. And also Romy Alonso, who was really fun to watch in Norseca this year. And with the Cuban national team in general, he's a really bouncy, athletic middle, really adept at finding the cut shots, still working on his blocking a bit, but certainly a very interesting player to watch. So Ravana just overall an interesting team, a lot of really high potential guys, really young team, maybe one of the youngest teams I've seen participate in the Superliga in all my time watching it. A lot of 97s, 98s, 99s, even 2000s in Patak in 2001 and a couple of their Italian prospects. So that often doesn't bode well in terms of your win-loss record in the Superliga. Experience and technical skill that you develop throughout your career are really important in volleyball. But I just love the potential of this team. So many players just looking to make a name for themselves, looking towards that next contract. I think they'll be a Tier 3 team. Maybe if all the pieces line up together, Shawan ends up being one of the top opposites in the league, like I believe he can be. Alonso plays really well, ties to Horst, and Francesco Riccin, or whoever ends up playing beside him on the outsides, play well. I think it's going to be really interesting. They will have an issue in playing all their uh, foreign players, because they do have a couple middles that are foreigners, Shawan at opposite, ties to Horst, Yanni Kovacic, so that could be an issue, but... I see them as a solid tier three team. I don't think they have anything to worry about in terms of dropping down and certainly could uh, challenge for a playoff spot. The next team I'm going to cover is the reigning champions, Cucine Lube Civitanova, probably with the biggest changes out of any of the big four teams. They lost Svetin Sokolov, who had been so key to their excellent play over the last few years, and replaced him kind of with two players in Camille Richlicki, who I mentioned earlier as the breakout opposite player for Ravenna and also Emir Gafour, who I didn't love playing on Monza last year, but certainly had a very impressive summer playing with the Iranian national team, especially in Nations League. However, they also did add superstar middle Matej Biniak, maybe one of the best middles in the world right now. Him and Robert Landy Simon is an absolutely unbelievable pairing in the middle definitely the best pair of middle blockers on any team in the world however they'll definitely have to consider the foreign player limit in the regular season and playoffs of the italian super league biniak robert landy simon camille Richlicki, bruno and yoandri leal all foreigners can't play all of them at once likely we're either going to see yuri kovar come in for leal or Enrico Diamantini or Simone Anzani come in for Biniak, which is some pretty strong replacement level players, especially Anzani coming in in the middle. And honestly, giving some of your players a bit more rest isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world, especially a lot of times going up against significantly weaker competition in the Italian Superliga. But they'll be able to field a full, fully strong lineup in the Champions League matches where you know that Cucini Lubicivitanova is definitely gunning to make an impact. We'll see if Camille Richlicki or Amir Gafour ends up being their go-to number one opposite. I think Camille is definitely the stronger player and adds more to the team, but I'm sure I don't think a decision has necessarily been made yet. Lubitsch Ivanova's ranking, tier one, obviously, one of those big four teams that 
will no doubt be one of the four teams that will win the championships this year. I think Lube has a pretty good shot at repeating, but I think it's so close between the top four this year that nothing is guaranteed for this team. The next team is Gas Sales Piacenza, which is actually, I think, technically a different club than the uh, Piacenza that dropped out of the Italian League two seasons ago, even though they're in the same city and there are similar players, including Superliga legend and Italian volleyball legend Alessandro Fay still, still hanging around, but it, it is technically a different team. Pretty interesting lineup, like, like we saw with Siena last year. They kind of spent a bit of money on some interesting foreign names, including Dragon Stankovic and Peter Krismanovic in the middle, to extremely elite Serbian middles. We have the third Argentinian setter, Max Cavana, and Matteo Paris as the setters. Probably Cavana is going to spend most of the time in the starter role there. And then a kind of motley crew of outside hitters in Alexander Berger, the Austrian, Dick Coy, the newly naturalized Italian outside hitter, Iacopo Boto, and Igor Yudin. And then one of my favorite signings for them was the Italian opposite, Gabriele Nelli, who recently just came off a very strong appearance for Italy at the World Cup, was their go-to scorer there, and also had a strong first game for Piacenza, leading them in scoring with 22 points, even though they lost 3-0 against Lube. It was a decently close game, though. However, I don't think I'm really sold on this Piacenza lineup overall. Some weird combinations of players, some weird skill sets. I think their outside hitters leave a lot to be desired. Probably the worst group of outside hitters other than maybe uh, Sora. They're going to rely on Gabriele Nelli and their middles a lot for offense. And I just I just don't like a team that doesn't have a go-to hitter in position four. It usually doesn't work out that well. Not going to lie, before the first game I had them in Tier 3, I'm really tempted to knock them down into Tier 4 after that, seeing how they all operate together, but nah, I'm going to stick them in Tier 3. I still think this team could be solid overall, and while their passing might not be the best out of any team, their attacking and serving should be stronger than the other teams near the bottom of the standings, and I think they'll dodge relegation pretty solidly. By the way, if, if you don't know, the last place team this year will be sent packing to Series A2. And because there's only 13 teams in the league this year, the top two teams from Series A2 will be promoted for the 2020-2021 season. Next team up is Sora, who avoided relegation last year, even though I thought they would be the team to drop. Luckily, Siena played so poorly that they were the one who dropped out of the league. But Sora, even though they were close to being relegated, didn't do that much to shore up their chances for this year. They added Brazilian setter Murilo Radke, who I kind of like, hasn't really been involved with the Brazilian national team, but has had some solid seasons in Turkey. They also added Belarusian opposite Radzivan Miskovic, who I like. I've watched him a decent amount playing uh, Eurovolley and such, but I don't think he's going to be able to match the production and style that Sora played with Dusan Pekovic. So if you don't know, last year and the year before, Basically, Dusan Pekovic took every single out-of-system ball, didn't end up hitting them at the best percentage, but still the fact that they were able to have that option at all so often definitely got Sora out of a few situations. Pekovic has now moved on to Skrabelchatov in Poland, and Miskovic is a good player, but I don't think he's that 50-set-per-game outlet-first option that they used Pekovic for last year. 
and unfortunately they've kind of had to dip far into the well of Italian middle blockers and liberos as well. So overall, it's going to be tough for Sora. They won't be able to play the uh, Dusan Pekovic game again this year. So I'm interested to see what happens. They did not go off to a great start, getting crushed by a Verona team without Thomas Jeski. I put them as a Tier 4 team. They're definitely my uh, clear favorites to be relegated this year. You know, I think they've done a good job. They clearly have a lower budget than a lot of other teams. They found a few diamonds in the rough. Uh, Kupano Fey has been really good for them. Dusan Pekovic was a great find. They they find uh, good setters always as well. And they did uh, sign Stein van Tilburg, who is coming out of the University of Hawaii as a Dutch opposite. He can maybe develop a lot this year. He was pretty fantastic in the NCAA. That obviously doesn't translate that well to the Italian Super League, but who knows? Anyway, I still think their favorites get relegated. Definite Tier 4 team. Moving on to Trentino. They largely have the same team as they did last year that won the Club World Championships, won the CEV Cup, but unfortunately was not able to make it to the finals in either the Italian Cup or the Italian League playoffs. But I think the lineup they had was definitely talented enough to do it. And everyone seems to be healthy. Gianelli, Aaron Russell are both coming off of very good summers. Same with Lizanac and Kovacevic, who won the Eurovolley Championships for Serbia. And I think they did a great job at fixing one of their biggest weaknesses, which was third outside hitter, which theoretically you shouldn't need. But there's always injuries. There's always uh, ineffective play from your starters. And last year, the guy who they had to send in in those situations was Martin Van Garderen, who is a great guy, but I just don't think he was able to handle the extremely high level of net play that you get when you're facing off against these top-tier teams in the Italian Super League and in the Champions League next year. So they replaced him with Clement Cebul, who I think is going to be a great addition to the team, really perfect in that third uh, outside hitter role that we've seen him play a little bit before, coming off the bench, serve some bombs, you know, provide some size in the front court if someone's struggling. Maybe he can't pass that well, but with Grubenikov and Kovacevic, theoretically that shouldn't be a huge issue as they can cover a lot of the court. So Trentino, one of the big four teams, once again, going to be in that top tier. I think they did improve their competitiveness by adding Clement Chebul. So I think they're going to be right up there as one of the top contenders for the Italian Super League title. Next team I'm going to talk about is Padova, who... Had a pretty respectable showing in the playoffs and regular season last year, bowing out in the first round, but making a decent run of it. They have a few familiar faces from last year, Alberto Polo, Dragon Travica, who is great to retain as a setter, given that he's Italian, bringing back Santiago Denani, who is just lighting the volleyball world up on fire during the summer for Argentina. Absolutely ridiculous libero, one of the best in the world, improving very quickly. And I think he's great pickup by Padova, getting him kind of last season before he was really a popular name. They're replacing Maurice Torres on the opposite position with Fernando Hernandez coming over from Siena. Bit of a downgrade, if you ask me. I think Hernandez, you know, struggles a bit with the errors, which I think is a very bad way to cost your team points. They also brought Siena teammate Yuki Ishikawa. Great move bringing him in. They also have Riley Barnes, who came on at the end of last year to help uh, fill in for the injured Luigi Randazzo, who's also no longer injured. So 
guess a bit of a logjam at outside hitters. Three pretty high-tier guys. Randazzo, probably the most offensively oriented out of all those guys. Yuki Ishikawa, good combination of offense, defense, and then Riley Barnes. A big guy, bring, in, bring him in for blocking and serving. And you know what? He's, he's a pretty good all-around player, too. Like I think people forget that he was kind of supposed to be the outside hitter of the future for Canada and kind of this uh, star generation alongside Stephen Marr. But unfortunately, he kind of got derailed by injuries and that kind of unfortunate time he had playing in Russia. But if he can get back to that trajectory he was on before that whole episode, he is a very, very strong player. But still, some tough decisions definitely for Coach Badalvin. I think Yuki Ishikawa, in my opinion, is the strongest all-around player out of those three. However, we did see him get benched in favor of Barnes and Radazzo in their first match, which was a 3-0 loss to Modena. We'll see. I'm sure it'll just depend on the matchup and who's playing well. Barnes was on fire that game, so he got a bit more of a look. But either way, I think uh, Padova will be a tier two team. Given the talent that they have, if everyone stays healthy, I can't see them missing the playoffs, but also I can't see them taking on one of the big four. Kind of the situation they've been in for the last couple of years, to be honest, but maybe they'll be a bit healthier this year. Modena, a fan favorite Probably the most popular team in the league. Bit of a rough season last year overall. Had a pretty competitive semifinal series that you know surprised a few people, but ultimately more of a pretender than a contender last year, although there were certainly some extenuating circumstances. This year, they really shored up their team. New coach, Andrea Gianni, coming over from Milano. Really smart guy. Lots of years, obviously, in the Italian Super League as a legendary Italian middle. They also brought in Matt Anderson, pried him away from Zenit Kazan. Not sure how they managed to do that, but Matt Anderson with the team, you know, playing as an outside hitter, it seems to be, after the first game, which was a 3-0 win against Padova. Ivan Zaitsev playing opposite, but interestingly enough, is receiving part of the game for Bartosz Bednorz, who was standing on the outside. But Norge came on real strong at the end of last season, was a key, key part of why Modena did as well as they did, shouldered a huge offensive load for the team, and he's pretty much had the entire summer to rest because he wasn't really involved with the uh, Polish national team for a large part of the summer. Mecca Christensen and Max Holt, the two Team America starters, still locking it down in the middle. They were a great combination last year. And I'm sure they will be a great combination this year. Daniel Mazzoni will be the full-time starter in the middle now that Simone Anzani was gone. Kind of unnecessary to have Mazzoni and Anzani in the middle, so I'm glad they were able to get rid of one of them. Julio Pinale is a uh, will be a fun player to watch. We saw him play pretty well for the U21 Italian national team. Dennis Calabretta just there to basically play a second libero. And you know, this Modena team is looking a lot better than they did last year. I would confidently put them in tier one whereas last year we were like uh, i don't know they're still missing something here after they lost Angapet. so but now they have matt anderson who's still playing well despite getting a little older they will be a very fun team to watch especially if you're an american basically it's perfect if you're an american watching the superliga you know you just watch the modena games and you have most of your uh, american national team starters on this one team perfect sir safety perugia the runners-up from last year's competition. In my opinion, if you ran that final series back seven times, 
Perugia would have won at least for them. I do think they were the better team than Cucine Lubicivzanova. Still have Wilfredo Leon, the best player in volleyball. Absolutely destroy the Aces record in the Italian Super League last year. Interested to see maybe can get close to that mark again this year. Atenasevich was second in the league in Aces. And if those two weren't enough, in the offseason, they signed Ole Plotnitschki, the Ukrainian outside hitter away from Monza. As if they needed any more serving help, he was also probably the third best server in the league. So they're definitely fine on that front. They also added Robert Tott, the Estonian outside hitter. Not sure quite why, because he'll be the fourth outside probably in the rotation behind Leon Plotnitschki Lanza. And he's played on some pretty good clubs in the past. He's a strong player, but I guess they just wanted to make extra sure they had enough uh, guys to go around on the outside. Other than that, they're bringing back largely the same roster, including Decheco, Podrashinin, and Kalachi. So really, their only question is which uh, Italian players to play during league play. Roberto Russo is looking like the future middle blocker of the Italian national team. I'm sure he'll be in. Massimo Kalachi, obviously. And the third spot is tough, because unfortunately you don't really want to play Filippo Lanza that much. Leon Plotnitschke and maybe even Tot are all better players. But I think he fits reasonably well in their system, playing beside Leon or playing beside Plotnitschke as, you know, basically a tall libero. Outside hitter who's not going to do much from you from behind the service line or attacking or blocking, but at least at least he's going to pass well so you can set Leon and Atanasevic a bit more. In Champions League, though, like Lube, their full potential will be unleashed with Leon, Plotnitschki, Decheko, Atanasevic, Russo, Podrashna, Kalachi. That's a really good lineup that I can't see anyone beating if they are playing at their best. And Perugia still, still haven't had that Champions League title, so I'm sure they will be gunning for that this year. Next team up is Valencia, who finished near the bottom of the standings last year in 12th place. And they definitely have had some interesting signings, whether it will be enough to get them out of that area of the league. Still yet to be seen. Definitely some fun and talented new additions to the team, though. Barthélemy Chininez, a rising star in the French volleyball scene as a middle blocker has played an important role for them during Eurovolley, where he helped out blockers Kevin LaRue and Nicolas Legoff. They also did an opposite swap with Tabate, switching Mohamed Al-Hajdadi, who was their leading scorer last year, for an opposite whose name is Abuba. Despite the hilarious nickname, apparently he is pretty talented. Gotten in some games behind Leandro Vesoto, who is their normal uh, starting opposite. So we'll see how he does in the Italian Super League. They also have Simon Hirsch in case Abuba doesn't work out, who's not a great player, but at least you know what you're getting with him. They managed to get Michelle Barnovich away from the Turkish League and back into the Italian League, which helps because he is an Italian setter. An interesting uh, group of outside hitters, including Irvin Engapet's younger brother, Swan Engapet, who until last year was cons- kind of considered a uh, mean player being Irvin Engapit's brother and all and always being on the same team as him and never playing, but actually had a very solid season with Latina last year, so kind of developing into a legitimate player. Timothy Carl has had some reps with it, the uh, French national team, still hasn't really broken through there yet. 
And probably the most interesting guy is TJ DeFalco, the Long Beach State University graduate who didn't really get as much time with Team USA this summer as we thought. He kind of fell out of favor with John Spira in favor of uh, Garrett Magututia, who, in my opinion, is still not quite as talented as TJ DeFalco. Maybe he fit the team better. Maybe his attitude fit the team better. Anyway, I still think TJ DeFalco has a lot to prove. Will enter the league as a rookie. Still probably one of the better outside hitters in the league. I think he can give them a huge boost. And uh, because of, you know, Chin and Yez and TJ DeFalco, two young guys, but two guys who will undoubtedly prove to be very strong players. I'm going to put them in tier three and not tier four. A bit surprising, but that's where I'm going to put them. And the second last team I'm going to talk about today is Top Volley Latina, who even though they may have not been playoff teams the last couple of years, they've done an all right job of assembling rosters. Definitely outperformed expectations last year. I thought they might have been one of the worst teams in the league, and they were pretty close, but not not dead bottom. I think a similar, a similar thing is going to happen this year, which is hard for me to say because I actually do like their team a lot. I think a lot of their players are really good value, are undervalued guys who are kind of underrated by the volleyball world at large. Guys like Domenico Cavaccini, who I think is one of the best Italian liberos. Arthur Schwartz, who is a Canadian middle, who's improving rapidly and has recently been playing some pretty big moments with the Canadian national team. Jean Patry, who I saw a lot of this summer and I think is pretty close to contending with Stefan Boyer for a starting spot on that French national team unbelievable athlete and he's he's a giant at the opposite position I also like Moritz Karlitzek he pretty much carried Frankfurt when he played last year along with Lucas Van Berkel and I think was one of the uh, underrated gems of the German Bundesliga season and I'm glad he found a place uh, in Italy however even though these guys are all underrated all good value picks in the context of the Italian Super League when most teams are fielding just unbelievably stacked lineups. I don't think this particular roster combination is enough to compete. Just not sure where the points are going to come from with this team. I may have already been proven wrong, however, as in the first game of the season, they took Perugia to five sets and only barely lost 16-14. Uh, Patry, Schwark, Schwartz, Schwartz, I think, and Martin Van Garderen were unreal in that one. Van Garderen, a guy who I kind of chirped earlier on in the podcast, but you know he still can have games like that. I'm not sure if I would expect 20 points from him every game, but you saw the uh, elite passing of this unit, of this lineup, really helped them in that match. Martin Van Garderen, Domenico Cavaccini, and Moritz Karlitzek, all very excellent passers, which means you can run your middles and put your opposite in very favorable positions to score, but I still think you need uh, one of those top tier offense first outside hitters in order to really succeed at this level. I'm probably going to regret choosing this after watching this first game, but I made these predictions before the first game. Going to put Latina in tier four as a team that's, you know, has a good chance of being relegated out of the league. And the last team I'm going to talk about on the podcast today is Monza, who made definitely the most surprising move of the offseason where they came out of nowhere to sign Bartosz Kurek. He was rumored to go, you know, top-tier Polish clubs. Uh, Lubicivitanova was another club they were thinking of. But I don't think a middle-of-the-pack uh, Italian league team is necessarily where players like Bartosz Kurek usually go. That being said, even though Kurek, you know, 
reigning uh, MVP of the World Championships, you know, Polish volleyball legend. I actually don't think he was a great signing. I would have much rather have kept Ole Plotnitschke, just pay him the money you gave Kurek in order to keep him and let Paul Buchager do his thing at the opposite position because I think Paul Buchager is still a very good opposite. Obviously, there's been a lot of uh, injury concerns with him. We haven't really seen him play a full uh, match of legit volleyball since he came back, but if he's at all like the player he was before he started these injuries, I think he's easily a uh, competitive opposite at this level. They have an interesting team outside of Kurek, though, losing Plotnitschke, obviously on the outside as one of the two young dynamic duo players, but they still have Donovan Zavaranuk, the Czech outside hitter who was clearly the leader of the team and the superstar of the Czech's Eurovolley run. They have Yasin Lewati, who's you know definitely not a bad replacement for Ole Plotnitschke. Obviously nowhere near the server or attacker, but very solid fundamental player nonetheless. Santiago, Santiago Orduna setting, and then Viktor Yosefov and either uh, Gianluca Galassi or Thomas Beretta in the middle. Yosefov, one of the best middles in the Italian Super League last year. As usual, he just nailed it from uh, the service line and provided some really, really strong blocking. So, you know, I, I've hyped up this team a bit. I, I, like I said at the beginning, I think signing Kirek was a mistake. We don't know if he's going to return to that 2018 form where he won the World Championships and then played really well at the start of the season, uh, in the middle of the season for Versava. But really, that's the only time we've seen Bartosz Kirek play that way in the last three or four years. He's been injured a lot. He's been unmotivated a lot. And, you know, risking so much on a player like that, I think, I think is a big risk and maybe, maybe not one that will work out for Monza. So given all that, I'm going to put them in tier three. Don't think they'll be relegated. Definitely a lot of talent on this roster, but... You know, I just I don't like the roster composition. I don't like them losing Plotnitschke, who carried them in so many games last year. And, you know, one of their best players, Paul Buchager, is going to be sitting on the bench most of the year, which I, I don't like to see either. So I think a tier three is appropriate. Wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised at all if they were uh, sixth or seventh place in the playoffs, but I think they'll struggle a bit to get there. So those are my previews slash first week reviews for the Italian Super League. So excited to really get into the season. You know, I, I love the international volleyball, those quick, exciting tournaments where there's like five matches going on a day for a month. But there's something really nice about, you know, the slow buildup of a club league season where the storylines kind of percolate over time. And, you know, there's rivalries and, and uh, you can kind of watch players develop over the course of an entire season. If you guys don't know how to follow it or don't know how to watch it, I have an article on my website, 51vb.com. There's an article stickied at the top, kind of how, how to watch and follow the pro leagues. The main thing is you need to watch on risport.it or subscribe to 11sports.it. 11sports, you don't need a VPN to watch. Risport, you do. However, Risport is in a much higher quality and is free. So your choice on how you want to watch it, I do believe... Uh, Flow Sports for the Americans also carry will be carrying some Italian league games. Not sure to what extent they are showing them, but if you already pay for a Flow subscription, you should have access to these games. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. Hopefully, you'll be following the Italian Super League season along with me, and I hope you have a great week.